This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time and the opportunity that it is to be able to hear your word. So Father, we, we thank you, Lord God, as the word comes forth tonight. Father, I thank you that it's going to fall on good ground, the good soil of our hearts, Lord. And Father, we're going to take that word in, make it a part of us, make it a part of our foundation, and begin to act on it in every area of our lives. And Father, I thank you that just as your word says, that as we take a step of faith and begin to act on your word, Lord, I thank you that it's going to produce a hundredfold return in every area of our lives. Father, I ask you to bless each and every person here today, Lord God. Anoint our ears to hear, Lord God. Help us to see your word. And Father, we just thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, let's hold that up. If you, if you have a smart device, let's hold that up. If you don't have anything, just go with the flow and hold your hand up and uh, you'll catch on. So just repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. It's God's word to me. It strengthens me. It refreshes me. It's medicine to me. And I love to read my Bible. Do you believe that? I do. Amen. That's good. Well, tonight, unfortunately, is our last healing class of the year, um, but here's the good news. We know over the last several weeks, you guys have taken the word in, we know that you're walking it out, and we know that in these few weeks where we won't be meeting, you'll continue to walk it out, and when we meet again, you'll be that much stronger. Amen. How many of you can believe that with, with us? We just believe that God is going to continue working in you. His word is going to continue working in you, and you're going to see movement. You're going to see healing. You're going to see wholeness. You're going to see strength um, because he's a faithful God, and his word always proves true. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, tonight I wanted to talk a little bit about our foundation of faith. You know, foundations are very important, very, very important. I remember as a young couple, our very first house, have you ever seen that, that, there's a movie that came out, I don't remember if it was the early 90s, late 80s, it was called Money Pit uh, with Tom Hanks, and, and everything that could go wrong went wrong with that house, that was my first house. We, we, we bought this house, I mean, it was, it was a beautiful house, it was an old house, and I, you know, we just fell in love with it, and the day after we got the keys, I mean, it was just, it was horrible. You know, we had leaks, we had foundation problems, it was cracks that we didn't see during the inspection that all of a sudden showed up on day one, and, and it was just, it was bad all around. And how many of you know that when you have a bad foundation in your home, that's not a good thing? Um, you know, there, was, there were things coming in through the foundation, it was just, it, it, was, it was bad all around. But in a similar way, if we don't have a solid foundation in Christ, we struggle. It's important that we build strong foundations of faith if we're going to be able to see God's word produce in our lives. Does that make sense? And so today, let's, let's go through uh, these slides, these notes, and let's learn together how we can develop um, strong foundations. So 1 John 5, 4 and 5 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? 
So it's important to remember that the integrity of the foundation you build your life on determines the type of structure that can be built on it. Our foundation has to be sound. What we build our belief, our faith on, has to be sound. And our faith has to be built on God, a faith in God, and a belief in his word. Meaning, you have to believe who God says he is. You see, for many years, me personally, I only believed him as a savior. And that was my foundation. But he's much more than that. You get to know him the more you spend time with him and you learn that he's a healer. He's the one who brings peace, the one who provides joy. He's a provider. He's the lifter of my head. We have to build a strong foundation, and that foundation is on God and his word. And so what we're going to learn is, is how do we do that? How do we build my strong foundation? I wanted to show you this because in Dubai... The world's tallest building is in Dubai. And I might butcher this. I think it's called the Burj Khalifa. It stands 2,700 feet. It's two and a half times as tall, two and a half times as tall as the Eiffel Tower, twice as tall as the Empire State Building. It costs 1.5 billion to make, six years to build it. But underneath is 110,000 tons of concrete to build the foundation which is basically, it's 164 feet below the ground level. It's 12 story below the surface. So the tallest building in the world has a foundation that goes 12 stories below the surface. This place gets visitors from all over the world every day. And everyone marvels at what they can see. But they don't realize that what they can see is only there because of what's below the surface. Does that make sense? And so you and I need to realize that if we're going to see God's, or if, if others are going to see God's fruit in our lives, we have to have strong foundations of faith based on God and his word. And it's got to run deep. Does that make sense? I don't know. When I was putting this together, that was a great analogy for me. So, Luke 6, 47 and 48 says, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. When Jesus and all that he is and all that he, he promises becomes the base or the foundation of our life, we can, be, we can be assured that we will not fail and we will not lose. Jesus and all he says and all he promises, guys, has to become our foundation, has to become our foundation personally. See, what I found is sometimes people in settings like this, in church services, when there's someone who's very charismatic or someone that they, they believe in and, and, and they hear the stories and they hear the messages and they hear the teachings, 
we sit in, in those arenas or sit in those auditoriums or we sit in those rooms and we nod our heads and we say amen and we say, yeah, that's good. Yep, I agree. Yep, yep. But we're not actually walking that out. You see, we've got to believe this personally. We've got to grab a hold on this personally and make that the foundation for us. What do I mean? So I just shared a minute ago about how for a long time Jesus was just a savior to me. That was it. And then in 2004, uh, we moved to, to, to this area and um, I started coming to a class on Wednesday nights. Um, it will always be Classroom 101 to me, but it was a classroom on, in, in another area, Classroom 101, and I slipped in. And I listened week after week to the two teachers talk about how Jesus was a healer. And I thought, man, that's, that's cool. That's great. Oh, man, I'm so excited that God healed Miss Janet. I'm so excited that God healed Miss Joy. Oh, man, God's awesome, man. God, oh, that's great. Oh, that's such a huge blessing. But how many of you know that does me no good, knowing that he's a healer for Miss Joy and a healer for Miss Janet? You get what I'm saying? I had to get a revelation that he's a healer for me. See, just believing that he's a healer for them, just getting excited about their stories, does nothing for my foundation of faith. I have to believe God, who he says he is, to me, what he says he'll do for me, what's available for me. You see, we have to personalize this. It's a personal walk, right? And when you take it personal, when you approach it from a personal standpoint, that's when you start building a strong foundation. I think we fall in traps sometimes because we get mesmerized by teachings or a personality or whatever. But the purpose of classes like this and the purpose for us coming to church is so that we can grow and learn and become who God wants us to become and live a victorious life. We read the scripture just a minute ago. If we're going to be victorious, we need strong faith. And here's what I'll tell you. That was 2004, and my faith has grown since I've taken a hold of that revelation. What I didn't know in 2004 is that in the years to come, I would deal with Bell's palsy, I would deal with depression, I would deal with pneumonia, and I am so thankful that God allowed me to hear the, the truth of his word about healing. God allowed me the opportunity to get to know him as a healer so that when life happened and my foundation was set, when the storm came, I didn't get shaken. Does that make sense? Because when I came to healing class, I became an active participant. I took the scriptures, I wrote them down. When I wrote them down, I took them home. I began to memorize them. I began to get them on the inside of me. I began to personalize the scriptures. When I personalized them, I began to see myself in the scriptures and see where God said, Derek, you know, by the stripes of Jesus, you've been healed. And that's what we have to do to build a strong foundation.
in Ephesians 2, 19 and 22, it says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So God and his word are the only foundation that our lives should be built upon. God and his word. God and his word. I'll take it a step further. Not even my word. God and his word. There could be error in what I'm saying. That's why we always encourage you to have a Bible in whatever shape or form it may be in. Have your own Bible. But don't just have your own Bible. Know what's on the inside of that Bible. Get it on the inside of you. That's when things begin to change. 1 Corinthians 3.11 says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. There is no other foundation. For you and me, those who know him, those who love him, there is no other foundation. We can't go to the cross and say, you know what? I don't want to base my walk on faith. I want to base it on this. No, there is no other foundation, guys, but Jesus Christ. And so let's build on that. So how do we build a strong foundation? Two easy steps. Matthew 16, 13, 16 says this first before we get there. It says, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? Say the son of man is. And he said, so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and some others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so he said to them, but who do you say that I am? So I'm going to stop there. It's important for us to know, once again, who Jesus is. I do this little exercise all the time, personally. God, am I living my life in a way where I'm showing you that I believe you as my provider? God, am I walking out my faith in such a way that shows that I believe that you're my healer? He, he, he says here, who do you say who I am? We have to be careful. We, we have to make those adjustments. I was talking to a, a guy about three weeks ago, because he refers to Jesus as the man upstairs. You have to be careful with those kind of things. He's not the man upstairs. And so ponder that. Who do you think Jesus is? It says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. So let's go. So two steps to building a strong foundation. First thing, you must have a personal conviction of who Jesus is. It must be personal to you. It must be personal to me. What, what happened? I came to healing class all those years ago, and I took ownership. I said, you know what? I'm going to get to know the one whom they're talking about. I don't know him as a healer, but I'm going to get to know him as a healer. It's about relationship. And the closer you get to someone, the more you get to know about them. And the more you get to believe in who they are. You know, I've used that analogy in all the classes that I've taken, you know, um, and, and it's, it's extremes. I remember when I was in junior high school, and I had a, a, 
a girlfriend. I remember I went up to a girl the first day of school and I asked her to be my girlfriend and she said, okay. And then I didn't talk to her again until the last day of school when she came up and broke up with me. <laughs> How many of you know that's not a relationship? <laughs> and then I remember when I met my wife. We've been married 25 years now. But when I, when I, when I met her, I was very intentional. I wanted to get into her world. I wanted to know who she was, what she was about, you know, what she liked, what she didn't like. I spent time studying her and, and asking questions and, and really getting into her world because I wanted a relationship. Time wasn't an issue. Effort wasn't an issue. I wanted a relationship. It's the same thing with Jesus. In order for you and I to get that personal conviction, we're going to have to make effort to get to know who he is. You may have, say you have doubts about the whole healing thing or say you're struggling or say, say you're afraid. Then I would say, press in. Get to know him a little bit. There's plenty of scriptures on healing, plenty of stories on, on his healing miracles, plenty of stories on faith, and watch what God will do to your faith. So personal conviction of who he is, we're talking your own faith, your own knowing, and your own revelation. We all need clear understanding of, of who he is. This only comes from having spent time with the Lord and getting to know him for yourself. A personal conviction doesn't come through another person. It comes through your one-on-one -on -one encounter with the Lord. It's very important. And if you've been around the art for a long time, we're very strategic in, in, in helping you to stay in the Word. If, you, if you're not involved in it, I would encourage you to get involved in the Bible 365 reading plan. It's a great way to get to know who the Lord is. The other thing that you can do is each week we're, we're sharing scriptures with you. I would encourage you, go over those scriptures from Thursday into the next Wednesday and watch what the Lord begins to do on the inside of you. Spend time with the Lord. Study him. Get to know him as a healer and watch what happens. I will never forget. You know, I remember just diving all in with the Lord and going in and, and just reading stories. And then what happens is, is as you begin to read scriptures, stories that you've read, encounters that you've read years after year after year, you begin to realize how they tie into everything. And, and when I was in the hospital with, with pneumonia, I remember... The first thing that popped up, again, you know, if you've never had pneumonia, basically you can't breathe. I mean, it's painful, you can't breathe. And I remember the first thing that rose up was that passage where it says, he breathed the breath of life into every man. And I remember saying, Lord, I thank you that just as you breathed the breath of life into me back then, you breathe the breath of life into me right now, that you're filling my lungs up with your breath. And this was 30 minutes after they told me that Within the hour, if those lungs didn't clear up, they were going to have to drain my lung the old-fashioned way. And when they came back and checked me out, I got an all clear. All the fluid was gone. What happened? I spent time getting to know the Lord. And by faith, I was able to grab on to that promise. And can I tell you a secret? God's word works, folks. 
It works. I am so thankful, thankful for classes like this, church like this, where we're encouraged to get into God's word. Why does that mean so much to me? Because I, I came from a family that was in church my entire life. But we had a Bible, and the Bible was just a decoration in our home for years. It sat by the front door, and it was on the holy table. You didn't touch the table. It's God's table. But can I tell you? In my head right now, I see faces of people who I believe went before their time because they didn't know him as a healer. They didn't work on building that foundation. But thank God for places that will encourage you to get in the word and encourage you to develop your own relationship with the Lord. And so personal conviction comes through another, if it comes through... Oh, personal conviction doesn't come through another person. It comes through your one-on-one encounter with the Lord. And so we want to make sure that we're in places where we hear the word of God. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know, I shared this in our class last night. I love that because it's, that hearing is present tense. Bible doesn't say faith comes by what you heard. It comes by hearing. When you're in the church services, your faith will grow because the word of God's coming forth. When you're in the classes, your faith will grow because the word of God's coming forth. Let me encourage you to take another step forward. When you're reading scripture, read out loud. You know, I've found that there's something about it. It's, I love it when I'm in services or in classes and I hear Miss Joy, Miss Janet, Pastor Allen, someone speaking about the word, but there's something different about when you hear your own self speaking God's word out of your mouth. It's almost like it just leaps on the inside of you. So let me encourage you, speak the word out of your mouth so that you can hear it and do it on an ongoing basis. Number two, we need to speak and confess what's been revealed to us. So Peter openly declared to Jesus and to everyone who was around, he says, you're the Christ. You're the Christ. We need to confess, declare openly out of our mouth who he is and be bold about it. In Matthew 16, 17, and 19, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And then I, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I love that. Jesus says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. That's always been a great picture for me. My, my brain works in pictures. I'm still in elementary school, so I need pictures. And I knew this guy um, in, in, in high school, actually his, his father. He, he was one of our janitors and... Uh, you know, we'd like to get in and, and, and play basketball after hours. And so he'd let us in. And I remember he had this big, huge key ring. And on that key ring, I used to tease him. I'm like, you know, Mr. Jones, why you got all them keys? And, you know, and he, Mr. Jones was a proud man. And he'd say, you know, 
because it gives me access, and he'd call it the kingdom. He gives me access to the kingdom. I can go wherever I want to. I can go to the library. I can go to the cafeteria. You know, I can go to any room on this, in this building I have access to. I'm the only one with the keys. And I'd say, well, go ahead with your bad self, Mr. Jones, you know. But he had this key. And, and so I remember when we wanted to get in the gym, he'd be like, okay, no. And he'd just keep trying to find it. And I'm like, oh. But he was right. He had access to every room in the building. Guys, when I read this scripture, it reminds me that we have access to everything that God provides. And healing is one of those keys. But here's the, here's the, 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 the deal here. He says, whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. So whatever you declare to be okay here is declared okay there. Whatever you declare not okay is declared not okay. Out of our mouth, we have to be willing to say, cancer, you cannot stay in my body. My body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. You tracking with me? Pneumonia, you can't stay in this long. What are you doing? You're speaking God's truth out of your mouth. See, growing up, I thought I was subject to chance, basically. God heals some, he doesn't heal others. God blesses some, he doesn't bless everybody, you know. Well, we just drew the short straw. No. God's no respecter of persons. If you and I will grab onto his word and hold on to it and begin speaking it out of our mouth and trusting and believing in him and his word, there's a passage in the Bible that said God's word always proves true. It's a beautiful thing. And when you can get that conviction on the inside of you, it'll happen. Well, you may say, hey, hey, Derek, you know, I, I have this loved one. I have, I know someone and they went to church and they didn't make it. Let me encourage you. That's a dangerous game to play. Be very careful with that because you and I, we have no idea what's in someone's heart, what they're really believing. We don't know. See, what I found is, is the relationship with God, it's a personal one. I can tell Diane whatever I want to hear, what I want, what I want Diane to hear. I can tickle her ears and say, you know what? God's faithful. I'm believing the Lord. He's good. And then go home and doubt, murmur, and complain. Me telling Diane that does nothing for my faith. Does that make sense? I've got to be careful with what goes in my heart. And so if something happens to people around you, you have to keep your focus on the Lord and know that he's good. He's faithful. He heals. He'll always heal. He'll heal me. Amen? So what do I mean by all of this? Use what you've been given. You have a key to tap in to God's healing power. Use it. 
God is not looking for somebody to give him all the reasons why it can't happen. He's looking for somebody to believe in him and his word. And if he said it, it will happen. If he said it, it will happen. Come on, say that with me. Say, if he said it, it will happen. Now let's personalize it. Say, if he said it, it will happen for me. Because that's the other thing. I found that sometimes we have faith that God will do something in someone else's life. But then when it comes to us, well, God, you know, I haven't been the best person, you know. God, I haven't been in my Bible reading plan. Or, or God, I, God's faithful. If you believe in him and if you believe in his word, if he said it, it will happen. So trust and believe him. So here's the thing. We, in our natural sense, always think, oh, it's possible. Oh, I don't know how it could happen. Oh, I don't understand. You don't have to. Because if God said it, it will happen. Look at this. Noah built an ark. Before God told him to do that, it had never rained before. So it's not like Noah is pulling on this wealth of knowledge saying, you know what, last time it rained. <laughs> this happened, so you know what, God? I got No, 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 no. God came to Noah and said, build an ark. And what did Noah do? He built an ark. Why? Because he believed God. He trusted God. That's faith. Abraham and Sarah. God says, you're going to conceive a child. The Bible says that they laughed. They're 100 years old. What happened? They had a child. Why? Because God said it. The woman with the issue of blood. Probably my favorite story now in the Bible. It says she went to every doctor. If you want to modernize it, she, she went to every specialist. She exhausted every resource. The Bible also says her condition grew worse and she spent all of her money. But it says when she heard about Jesus, she said, guys, when we hear about Jesus, that he will provide, if he said it, he'll do it. When we hear that he's a healer, in spite of what the doctors may be saying, if he said it, he will do it. And so that's how we need to approach these things. Faith doesn't have to make sense. You may not understand it. It's a choice. It is a choice. And I can tell you every time, every single time that I have chosen to follow God and disregard fear, disregard doubt, disregard unbelief, I have never been disappointed when it comes to my healing, when it comes to provision, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to anything, when you side with God, 
when you trust and believe in him, he always comes through. Well, how can you say that? You don't know my situation. I know my God. And he never, ever disappoints. But you got to choose him. It's your choice. When your life is founded on Jesus and his word, it doesn't matter what life throws at you, what the diagnosis is, you have a secure and sure foundation in him. It's based on him. Psalm 18.2 says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, and whom I will trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. And Psalm 62.6 says this, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense, and I shall not be moved. Now, I wanted to, to read you a, a little story here. This is my second favorite story in the Bible. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 4. I think this is important when it comes to us building strong foundations, because I think we can learn from her. 2 Kings chapter 4, and we're going to begin reading here um, in verse 8. It says, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. And so it was as often as he passed by that he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. So it goes on to talk about how he came in, he was there, and then um, after a period of time, he, he talks to his servant Gehazi and he says, you know, she's very, been very attentive to us. She's you know, met all of our needs. What can we do for her? And Gehazi tells uh, Elijah, his master, he says, you know, she doesn't have a child. And so he calls the Shunammite woman in. And he declares over her, by this time next year, you're going to have a child. So picking up in verse 18, it says, And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father and to the reapers. And he said to his father, My head, my head. And so he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he, when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, uh, the child sat on her knees till noon, and then he died. Verse 21. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And so he said, Why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. I'm going to pause right there. So this woman, knowing that this was a man of God, went to her husband and said, You know what? I, I want to make a place for him because when he comes through, you know, we want to give him a place where he can rest and, 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 and really... You know, we want to do this. We want to make a place for him. You and I, we've got to make sure that we make a place for the Lord, a permanent place. She didn't make a temporary. She made a permanent place for the man of God. You and I, we've got to make a permanent place for the Lord. You see, it can't be just when life gets tough that we run to the Lord. No. He has to have a permanent place place in our lives. And then what happened? Her son died. 
Scripture says she took her son and she took him to the place that she made for the man of God. Guys, you and I, when life happens, when we've made a permanent place for the Lord in our life, when life happens, we can take that to him and place it there. And then I love it. It says she closed the door. And her, her husband comes and says, what's going on? What are you doing? And out of her mouth came words of faith. She said, it is well. Story goes on to say that she tells her servant, okay, ride ahead. And if anyone tries to stop you, don't stop. But if they ask you what's going on, it is well. And so she says, it is well. They say, it is well. Gehazi comes out to meet her. And he says, you know, how are you? How are your husband? How's your son? And she says, it is well. Every time someone engaged her, she spoke words of faith. It is well. It is well. It is well. She came in. She fell at Elijah's feet and, and, and basically said, I'm not going to let you go until you can come back with me. Guys, I want to encourage you. Hold on to God with everything you have. Make sure your confession lines up with his truth. Do you believe that with God all things are possible? Do you believe that with God all things are possible for you? Do you believe that he can pull you out of some things? He can heal your body? He can restore your body? Then let that be what comes out of your mouth. Not fear, not doubt, not unbelief. And what will happen? I believe God's word will prove true in your situation. If you'll grab hold of the word, begin to believe in God, believe in Jesus and who he is, and speak words of faith over your situation. I thought, for me, it's always encouraging when I hear stories of, of what God's done in the lives of people. It really encourages me when I hear stories of what God's done in the lives of people here at the church. And then it really encourages me when I hear what God's done in the lives of people who've been in our class. So I wanted to share a little story of a family that came to a healing class some years ago of just how God was faithful in their situation, and then we'll wrap up here in just a minute. In 2007, a beautiful couple came up to us after healing class with baby Roman. Roman was about 21 months old and just a sweet little child, and we didn't realize he had had cancer in his belly. It was the sweetest thing because his parents were like, we heard that you could pray for him. Would you just lay hands and just pray? Just do something. I want you to hear their story. I don't remember why I took him to the physician, but I took him to the primary care doctor. Either he had a fever or his belly seemed a little bit bigger or tighter. He was really lethargic. So they sent us to Texas Children's Hospital mm -hmm. in Houston. And we took him in, or I took him in, and I really wasn't that even that nervous. I just kind of thought, you know, maybe he's just really gassy or something simple. 
And you could tell by the look on the ultrasound technician's face that there was something not right. I, I looked at all the images, obviously, and when I saw that, more than 75% of Roman's liver was replaced with cancer. I didn't know what was going to happen. And the tumor was grapefruit size, and he was 14 months old. So, it was significant. I remember asking, are there survivors? And she said, she hesitated and said, yes. And that was it for me. That's all I needed to know. If there was one, we were now looking at two. That's all I needed to know. My faith was gone. I was just lost and questioning life and what did I do wrong? What is the message here? Because you always think that there's a message and there's a meaning to everything and I certainly wasn't seen at all. And so Roman had his surgery, his tumor reception surgery. And it was after the third round of chemo, so we'd been through a lot. After Roman had the bone marrow transplant, we came down on July 25th, 2007. And the first day we came to class, I was really nervous because I had, had not been to the church before. I was ready. You know, I was ready. Let's do it. Let's get this, let's get this going. I'm ready to be healed. Let's start it. What, what do we do? Roman didn't know what was going on. He was about 21 months old and um, we walked up at the end and um, Joy and Janet laid hands on him with the oils just like it says in the book of James and I remember it, we all gathered around and um, all, you guys were saying stuff. It was like I felt this power of touch in you guys remember touching me. I was touching Roman. Just as soon as, as it was over, we all looked up and Roman felt it because he said, done. And we'd never heard him say that before. He felt it. He knew that what y'all had just done was a brand new day in his life. That's yeah, the way I look yeah, at it. A new beginning. We finished treatment in February and um, he's been clean every every scan we were going every three months and now we're on every six month and he has been clean and I mean he's one of the few I think there's so much negative in the world and when we went to the healing class or to church with you guys we walked out only positive yeah it was only positive and it just made us strong mm -hmm. you know it just made me forget about the negative it was a, 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 a rebirth of us you know of, of our life together we've never looked back we've not been in the hospital since and we're not going to
marvelous miracle of God. There's a scripture that says, oh, how wonderful are the works of God for all he has done. He speaks and it's done. It's a finished work in God. And so you can have hope knowing that God will finish things for you. He'll heal your life. He'll bring sweetness where there's bitterness because he's good, because he's God, because he does marvelous works and you can trust him all the days of your life. So the Lord's faithful. He is so faithful. And I believe Roman is a teenager now. Teenager and doing well. And um, what was not in there is, is they came because of another story, healing story that had taken place in healing class. So guys, I guess what I'm trying to get across is, is people are being healed. People are being healed. Why not be one of them? God wants to heal each and every one of us. So let me leave you with this. The right foundation for all of us, faith in God and believe in his word. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word, Lord, and we thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we thank you for your healing power at work in us right now. And we thank you, Lord God, that we walk healed and whole from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about the Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.